Soul Fam, we are coming in hot with today's new Ceremony Circle podcast episode. I'm your host, Allison Charles, and you can find my best-selling book and deck, both titled Animal Power, anywhere books are sold. And I am pumped, pumped up to cover subject matter that I am this extra lit about with you today. For you regular listeners, you know I've been diving into deep learnings around different forms of sacred sensuality, dharmic sexuality, etc. So it goes without saying, it is a true honor to be joined by tantric visionary, innovator in bioenergetic tantra fusion, and the founder of the Chandra Bindu Tantra Institute, Dawn Cartwright. Through Dawn's unique ability to reveal the sacred within oneself and to experience intimacy within all things, she has been led to teaching Neo-Tantra internationally for almost 30 years, inspiring couples and singles alike to reach their full ecstatic potential and have the best sex of their lives. But that's not all. Dawn has a degree in psychology from the University of California, Davis, along with extensive trainings in Neo-Tantra, Tantra, Yoga, Bioenergetics, Meditation, and Yoga. She studied many schools of Tantra, including Sri Vidya Tantra, Neo-Tantra, Kriya Yoga, and others. She's had the honor of receiving these transmissions from some of the most acclaimed Tantric masters of modern times. So as you can imagine, I've got lots of questions for Dawn, and I hope you enjoy this exploration as much as I did. Also, this should probably go without saying, but this is indeed mature subject matter. So over 18 for this episode, please. Some of what we cover in today's show, the incredible story of Dawn being unexpectedly led into the world of sex, magic, and Tantra, what the differences are between Tantra and Neo-Tantra, what a couple's Neo-Tantric retreat looks like, the surprising rules and some of the places of exploration that happen there, like new ways to express the love you feel during lovemaking and new ways to light up your bodies with pleasure and intimacy and new ways to open your heart to an even more expansive experience of love. That sounds like a good time to me. We also dive into why Dawn says we are the ecstasy we've been longing for all of our lives. She shares the master key you must unlock in order to experience true and full love in your life, the otherworldly stories of her lovemaking that take her to different dimensions, why tantrics believe enlightenment is possible within one lifetime while the practitioner is still alive, why she and tantric teachings share the importance of the guru is the teacher who is also the deity and the student as well, how to surrender to bliss, examples of full body ecstasy practices, and as per usual, you'll want to stick around to the end of the show when we do our signature closing ceremony circle practice. Today, Dawn leads us in an epically powerful five senses journey called Your Body Temple. Woo-wee! Let's go there, soul fam, and continue unlocking healing and divine energies around sacred sex and sensuality in Neo-Tantra, reaching your full ecstatic potential with Dawn Cartwright. Okay, soul fam, I am very excited to have you with us today. We are sitting with I'll just go ahead and call you a new teacher for me because I can tell I'm going to learn a lot from you. So welcome, Dawn, to Ceremony Circle. 
Thank you, Allison. I'm really excited to get to know you too. Ah, yeah. Uh, Before I hit record, um, I was just feeling some deep breaths of fresh air because uh, she's willing to be an open book. And for the devoted listeners, you know, I'm an open book. And so I'm just excited to see where we're able to traverse, especially in the world of Tantra. And for anyone who might have skipped over my beautiful show intro to just get straight to the interview, I do also want to say here that I have intentions of covering some more adult-related content, and I don't want to feel guarded, and I don't want to feel like I have to hold back from that. So you're hearing it here, if you skipped where I said that in the intro, that, you know, I guess preferably 18 and older, because we're going to go some some powerful adult places. So with that being said, uh, I shared a lot about Dawn in the intro, but the thing that really caught my mind and eye and soul about you when I was on your website, Dawn, was that this sentence that I found. She discovered the path of Tantra by accident shortly after a period of life-changing mystical experiences and lovemaking more than 20 years ago. Ooh. And yeah, so when I read that, I just want to start there and just open up the divine river of where we're going to flow in this because as I shared with you and as some devoted listeners know, Luke and I are really on this newer path of dharmic sexuality, dharmic sensuality, different types of intimacy that are very unlike anything we've previously experienced. And so when I heard your gateway into what feels like your calling in Tantra happened through this unexpected experience, it really captivated me. So I'd love for you to share more about that. Oh, thank you, Allison. Well, this is what I love because I feel like this is what connects us because I think many of us get that wake-up call and it happens in different ways. And because sex in our society is sort of really in this very small box, we sometimes miss that calling, that wake-up call. And for me, this happened now, it's almost 30 years ago. I need to update my website. So I was always very curious about sex for some reason, like all my life. And um, when I was even babysitting as a pre, you know, preteen, I would read all the sex books underneath the bed. I would always go under the bed after the kids were asleep and I would read about sex. It was so interesting to me. And I think because I have a big connection to nature. I grew up out in the tobacco farm country in East Tennessee. So I had this real connection to nature and there was just something more to sex that I could sense, something beyond just penis and vagina or bodies. And when I came into my early and mid twenties, I started to have these experiences in sex that were completely outside the norm for me. I started to see, and with different eyes, it was like this multidimensional reality started to appear for me in a way that was very comforting, very connecting. It felt very familiar, and yet it was extraordinary. And then there was this one particular day, and it was in the springtime, and I was dating at that time this wildly passionate Colombian, like, rip-your-clothes-off kind of primal guy. Love it. And something happened. Like I was so open, you know, that kind of sex where there's just no holding on anymore. You're completely open. And I saw something looking through his eyes and it was so beautiful. And then here's what was so mind blowing was something rose up in me and looked through my eyes and met him. 
So I felt my body filled with something, some beauty, some love that like transcended all time. And everything in the room was suspended. Like all of my senses were omni senses. I could hear the scent of his skin. I could smell the words that we were saying. Like it was the most beautiful transcendent experience. The whole room was backlit suddenly. And there was this connection happening between us that was something beyond both of us. And after, when that was happening, like in that moment, I said to myself, this is the whole reason I'm on the planet. You just knew. Immediately, I said, this is it. And this is the only thing that I want to focus on. Now, here's what's interesting. And I think some people might relate to this. The Colombian boyfriend is Catholic. So when I told him about this transcendent experience, he was not open to hearing it. And he actually said, I don't ever want to hear you bring this kind of thing up anymore. And so I put it away. I wanted him to love me. I wanted acceptance. So I put it away. But lucky for me, because he got a job offer, he left, went away. We broke up and I found a little ad in a weekly calendar magazine that said the art of sexual magic. And if it would have said Tantra, I would have kept turning the page because I had no idea what Tantra was. It was a complete accident that this all happened for me. But sex and magic, I knew. And the rest is history. I haven't stopped since. Okay. Okay. Wow, wow, wow. I mean, I I was really with you and that beautiful medicinal storytelling. Thank you so much. I could feel on the right side of my body what I call the divine tingles. I mean, I was like really tapping into the enraptured energetics of that experience. And I find it so curious that, because I was going to ask, but you answered without me having to ask about what his experience was. You know, you're in all these different realms and dimensions. And like you said, you're you're smelling the words and tasting the touch and just in, a, in an otherworldly experience. So I find it fascinating that the two of you, while together, and the experience we're having such different experiences. That's that's really trippy to me. And just so I I want to share a little bit from what you wrote about the experience. You did such a beautiful job telling us, but your writing is also so poetic and beautiful that I want to share uh, some of the passages that you wrote about this experience with the Colombian man. Uh, You said, for as he entered me, he entered my whole being. From the moment he touched me, there was nothing in me that was not filled by him. It was as if the light around us was now streaming within us from his body to mine. I was flooded by the beauty of this man and something beyond the both of us. The cool air of morning gave sharp contrast to the heat between us. And as I looked into his eyes, I saw something so magnificent, so familiar, yet new. I saw the man beyond the man, the God, if you will. And even though I had no context for the experience, I knew that I had encountered something so basic and so true as to be absolute. The atmosphere between us crackled with electric charge and all my senses were flooded with what could only be described as otherworldly sensation. I could see our sounds, hear the trembling of our bodies. I could smell the shift in our realities that hit my fontanel? That's a new word for me. We'll have to discover what that is. With the impact of brimstone, some cosmic smelling salts conspiring to wake me up. 
There was a sound, something more like a shimmering, that brought our lovemaking simultaneously into a cellular and cosmic level, and it was as if nothing had ever existed but this. I mean, what a sentence. A little bit more. I felt the world born within me, within every atom of my being. Life continues to give gift me with spectacular, quote-unquote, mornings with him and all his glorious forms. And soon after this experience, life gave me a teacher, even before I knew the word Tantra. This is where it, quote-unquote, it began, that effervescent May morning that led me to now, the place from which I share with others who know the same potential in their love and way of living onto this path of Tantra. What comes up for you? I don't know when the last time was you went on your own website and read that, but what did you feel when I shared it? It's like what you said. I felt in the experience again, like those words. And I think that's what happens when we're in the experience and we can write about it from the experience. It creates a vortex and everyone who reads it enters into it. And we're in that unified field. Mm -hmm. And so it ignites me and it like reminds me of that part of myself. And so as you read, like you said, that excerpt from the magazine or the publication that said more sex magic, and again, I love how clear your soul communicated to you in that sensual, otherworldly sexual experience where you said, you know, this is it, this is who I am, this is why I'm here. And and while, you know, you could have been deterred, and I can relate because a previous long-term relationship that was the instrument for my awakening, I had some similar experiences where my soul was communicating to me very loud and clear about my shamanic gifts, about my spiritual and healing gifts, but my ex was very frightened and um, was not a fan of those practices. And so I would diminish them or shut them down so that the love between us could continue. You know, it took me many years and a divine intervention to finally lean into why I'm here, but I'm happy to hear that for you, it doesn't seem like too much time passed before you went into this first course. So can you tell us the next couple of steps that led you? Sure. Yeah, it was like divinely aligned because who would think like, here we are, are in this relationship. We've been together for some time. And then he gets this job offer and it was with the air force. So he was going somewhere secret. So I couldn't even know where he was going. And then I happened to find the teacher and the first time I showed up. So I was at that time, I was a marketing professional. Like, so I show up at white Lotus retreat center with my suitcases and my suit and my high heels. And I'm like, what's a yurt? what am I supposed to do on a yurt? You know, they were, the lodging was yurts and it was a yoga place and, and the whole world opened up for me, Allison. I wasn't in that yurt more than 10 minutes the whole weekend. I was skinny dipping in the river. I was in the middle of the group room and all these ecstatic moments with the whole group and just soaking up my community. Like, people who were positive about sexuality, who knew the true potential of sex. Like it was beyond sort of a transactional performance kind of sexual realm into this like very pure, very exciting, very inclusive kind of experience. So 
in that weekend with Margot Anand, who wrote The Art of Sexual Ecstasy. She was my first teacher. She's amazing. People started to ask me, Dawn, how did you do that last practice? How did you move the energy? So people were already coming to me and asking me. And so I knew that I needed to keep pursuing this. And I started teaching because I wanted people to experience it with. So I didn't go into it thinking I'm going to build this institute. I just went into it because I wanted more people who shared this reality. And it happened like right away. I started teaching little workshops out of my apartment. And now I train teachers, teach all over the world, teach in festivals. And um, and it just keeps gifting me. And then I found a guru in India who teaches the classical practices. So I received that grace and that beauty. Yeah, it just, it never ends. Yeah. That's, you know? Yes, I do. I, I can really relate to a lot of your shares and, and your journey. And I love how one of the main pieces I can relate to is the innate knowing and innate opening up of the truths that were always inside of you and, and honoring them and answering the call and guidance of what was always within, you know, and really learning to trust yourself seems like first and foremost from that place, but also being so beautifully open to being led to right aligned teachers for you. And I very much can relate to that foundational piece and then the weaving and balance and dancing of inner knowing with, oh, I can tell that I'm supposed to go here and that this person has a code or a transmission for me. And mm -hmm. as you mentioned, you are the founder. I, I Well, let me try to pronounce it right. You're the founder of the Chandra Bindu Tantra Institute in Santa Monica, California. Good job. You got it. Okay, great. And so I imagine a lot of the listeners are pretty seasoned warriors on the spiritual path. However, like you touched on in the beginning of our conversation, still Tantra, sensual practices, intimacy, sexual practices, they still are just so closeted and, and tucked away even in this day and age. So I think there's probably people that don't know exactly what Tantra is and I think there's some uh, misconceptions that it has to correlate to the bedroom or sex where it's my understanding that it's it's about all of life. So if you could clarify some of that. Yeah, I think this is an important clarification because there's Tantra and then there's Neo-Tantra. So it's really helpful to have that distinction. Tantra is the classical path. And just like you said, it's a way of living. It's actually a way of maximizing our potential as human beings in every part of life. And what's beautiful about the Tantric practice or the Tantric paradigm is that we learn to access these incredible inclusive states, these incredibly like consciousness shifting spaces through our body and through ceremony. So we do this through ritual and through alignment with these deities. So it's very esoteric and very beautiful and very scientific. There's a physics behind it. In fact, my guru, he's no longer in the body, but he was a PhD in nuclear physics. This is science. It's the science of matter. It's the science of the sun. It's how everything appears. So it's real magic. It's incredible magic. But the base of it, like the inner core of all of it, is devotion. It's this overflowing love 
this love that where we are so strong in ourselves that we can surrender everything. And I think that's an important balance that we experience in deep lovemaking is the strength to fully engage and give and receive. And at the same time to absolutely let go, let go of any like orientation to the world as we've noted in the past and to really see how all of this appears every moment. So that's Tantra. And Tantra does include sexuality, and especially some of the deeper practices are beautiful sexual practices. It's just, it's not sex the way we think of sex. It's much bigger. It's like the full flowering of sex in these practices. So it's not about getting somewhere or attracting someone. It's about letting go of everything we hold on to fueled by the most powerful energy we have access to, which is our sexual energy. Okay, so I feel like there's another layer of the onion I would love for you to peel back and reveal a little bit to us, because even for myself, as you just described that last little bit, I feel I'm leaning in and I'm like, can you just explain a little bit more what you mean? It's not sex the way that A lot of us over here in the U.S. or in the Western world understand it, but it's this other thing. Can you try to paint a little bit more of that picture for us? I mean, this is it, right? Because this is this is so unknown to us. Like, what is the full flowering of sex? We don't really know. And so, in order to access these transcendent states where every sense becomes every sense, everything is inclusive. Consciousness is unity. There's so. Those practices happen when we have let go of our lust, which is so funny. doesn't mean that lust is bad because lust is needed. It's absolutely needed. But we have become so comfortable with our sexual desire that we fully embody it. So in these practices, it's not about connecting with my partner when the practices go into these deeper states. It's about connecting with the divine in every person. So I might move around the circle and connect with every woman and every man and feel the aliveness of desire and and merging in my body and have that circulating in my body and begin to unlock parts of myself that have been hidden up until now. So in that, there could be, for example, going into deep sexual practice and letting go of getting to an orgasm and instead reinvesting the energy of pleasure so that the body becomes so illuminated, we break free of the limited ways we've seen the world, each other, love. We begin to access higher states. So in that, like in a very practical way, we learn how to experience our sexual energy in the entire body. So the entire body is is the genitals, is the sex in that way of feeling and experiencing. So that heightened sensitivity and that ache that we feel in our sex becomes a full body experience. And rather than, again, head toward the exclamation point at the end of the sentence, what we keep doing is adding more and more ellipse, more and more dots, more and more dots to the experience. 
in that moment, in the whole temple and everywhere that's in our bodies, the entire group accesses a place of unity that is such a gift. And it pours in not just into the lovers in the circle, but into the entire world. Wow. Okay. This is good. You're you're doing a really great job. I'm staying with you. And I still feel like I have another question with that. When you said, instead of reaching or letting yourself get pulled to the exclamation point, the orgasm, you add different layers. Are some of the examples of these different layers, I mean, I'm sure they're infinite and in possibility, but are some of them expressing sound or moving your body in a different way or looking into your partner's eyes in a different way? Like what are some of those additional layers? Yes, absolutely. So how do we access those states where our sexual energy isn't just focused in the genitals? And we do that, yes, through eye gazing. So eye gazing is much more than we think. It's beautiful to look into our partner's eyes, but what's happening there as we look and we let go, we start to enter into an energetic entrainment with them. That entrainment begins to activate gamma waves in our brains. So we're making eye contact. We're letting go of who we think our partner is. So we're letting go of all those coordinates on the map that says, this is my partner. We've been together for two years. And we start to access the fullness of the human being, not the snapshot we've taken. And then we'll breathe together. Again, we're creating this synchronized rhythmic movement, allowing the body to move naturally. Mostly what we're doing is getting out of the way of stopping ourselves. We stop stopping ourselves in this practice. So the movements are very natural. Like it's a way the body wants to move when it's breathing, when it's making love. And also this is how the body moves when we're in the womb, when we're in a state of unified consciousness. So these movements will come about very organically. So in the beginning, we might practice them. We get the drills, so we let go of some of the tension in the spine. We're lubricating that superhighway between the brain and the sex because we do want to access that incredible pleasure. It's just that we want to expand our capacity for it. And we do that through the senses. So our senses are much more than we've been taught. They're actually gateways between this expressed reality, which we call Shakti, and the expanse of the entire reality, which is Shiva, is what we would call Shiva. So in creating this fluidity in our bodies and letting go of the snapshots we take of life and open up to life as a process, as opposed to a destination, we let go of sex as a destination and open up to it as a process, we get into this wave that connects everything. And so, yes, we come into the temple and we'll go through a ceremony, which I'll be sharing with you later, to awaken the senses so that we're more intimately aware in the whole body of our partner. I mean, can you imagine the excitement that you feel at the peak of sexual pleasure? But imagine that as a sustained state that's experienced through the whole body. So that means we let go of orgasm looking like Harry Met Sally, this ah, ah feeling, into being this beautiful electrified stillness that permeates everything. And we're living it and we're breathing it and it's moving into us and out from us 
because we have entrained with our partner through eye contact, breath, movement, sound, and we've let go of expectation, like expecting things to be any kind of way. Oh my gosh. Okay. This is really, really helpful. It's making me grateful for having this podcast because I'm able to sit with masters and teachers such as yourself and really get a powerful education of things that I'm really curious about. One thing that, no pun intended, was rising up in me as I was listening to you was the word kundalini. And if you could kind of take us into what that is and how that plays a big role in these practices. Yeah, that's so important because the tantra, the classical tantric practice and how you know it's tantra as opposed to being simply a Hindu practice, because there are many beautiful Vedic practices, tantra works with the kundalini energy. So Tantrika has learned to have a relationship with that energy and specifically learned to harness that energy and channel it through the body. So it's an energy that can be called Kundalini, it can be called Shakti. And it's the energy of our, it's like all the energy, it's like everything that we are wrapped around the base of our spine, like our full potential. But it's not just that, it's sort of the boost, it's the vitamin B boost, if you want to call it, or the vitamin K boost, that's going to activate our potential, our full potential, because that energy is so powerful that it begins to move through the granthis, which are the knots that are separating us from who we are and who we can be. Oh. Right? And so we are literally, by pulsing our sexual muscles, our pelvic floor, learning to have a very intimate, um, relaxed relationship with the pelvic floor, we are literally waking up the kundalini. Hey fam, popping in here super quick to remind you that my best-selling Animal Power book and card deck are both available and out now. Animal Power book is 100 animals to energize your life and awaken your soul. It's a deluxe compendium of power animals. So anytime you dream of an animal or have an animal continuously crossing your path and you're wondering why is this animal showing up so much for me, just pop into my beautiful book that also has a gorgeous full page color illustration of each animal to learn its wisdom teachings and meanings so you can more deeply understand why that animal showed up in your life. An animal power deck is super fun to work with. You can pull a random card to see what animal has a message for you that day or ask the deck a specific question to see what clarity might reveal. Both animal power book and deck are available everywhere books are sold. The book has been the number one new release in shamanism and many other categories. You can also get them from my website. And when you visit there, allisoncharles.com backslash animal power. That's A-L-Y-S-O-N, allisoncharles.com backslash animal power. You'll also receive a free video drumming shamanic journey that I personally guide where you can meet your current power animal. I appreciate your support so much. And now back to today's show. That picture you just painted of how the Shakti or the Kundalini energetics work within each of us, it, trying to find words to put to what I'm seeing, it, it helps me to understand how, uh, yeah, these practices, it's just a totally more honoring, reverent 
way of experiencing sexual energetics and sensuality. It's just, it feels like night and day again, to how we're conditioned through learning what sex is quote-unquote supposed to look like through porn, or even if you don't go down those avenues, we're just not educated. And this other side of energetics that live within us and how when it goes into those little knotted areas and opens it up, I can feel how the divinity and just the oneness consciousness through you moving through the knots inside of you, you get connected to the allness that is. And I can see how then that shifts you into that more enraptured, otherworldly, multidimensional experience. So I'm, I think I'm getting it a little bit more and more. Okay. Before I ask you a question, is there anything coming up inside of you before I switch gears? Is there something else that you feel called to touch on with where we're at? I think something that's really useful is for us to talk for a moment about Neo-Tantra, because yes. in order for me to be very respectful of of Tantra and that path, which is a very beautiful, ancient, classical path, and there are many scholars who are teaching, and it's very beautiful, to know that there is Neo-Tantra, and Neo-Tantra is what I teach, and it is the specific practices the sex and intimacy practices, the full body ecstasy practices that I teach practitioners in order to access those states. So that's the difference. The Neo-Tantra doesn't have the ritual. It doesn't have the lineage. It's more the how to access these heightened states through our body in a multiple multitude of ways, but most, most often through sex and intimacy through the body in sex and intimacy. So it's good to have that distinction. Yeah, I'm really glad you mentioned that. And when I was doing some research and, and reading about your work, another thing that I could relate to um, is how probably when you do interviews like this, there just are important things that you feel you need to make clarifications around and explain because you know, similarly in shamanism, there just tends to be so much confusion and misconceptions and in my own way, I find myself when I do interviews, making sure I need to hit on and clarify certain points to just every single time educate and clarify and clean up the energetics around some of these ancient practices. Some of the other things I pulled from your website, and I don't want to get anything wrong here, but some of the clarifications around tantric practices that I found intriguing, tantrics believe enlightenment is possible within one lifetime while the practitioner is still alive. This is known as Jivan Mukti. And within Hinduism, enlightenment is seen as a process that takes many lifetimes. I don't know if there's anything you want to elaborate on there, but there were just some educational bullet points on your website where I was like, oh, I, I didn't know that. Yeah, I think that one's really interesting because we're moving out of a model where there's a hierarchy, right? That, that you've practiced this long, so you're this kind of practitioner. You've been doing it this long. You're, you know, it's moving out of the hierarchy and really realizing that there is no hierarchy in Tantra, that we all have direct access to awakening and that can happen right now. So it's really empowering. And that's one of the things I love about Tantra and Neo-Tantra is that empowerment, that it's for everyone and everyone has the same access. I was from East Tennessee having sex with a Colombian guy and I access. 
if I can access, you can access. It's not that I was meditating for years or eating only avocados. Like I, I was just a person. And so this is what's so inclusive and beautiful about Tantra. No. Yeah. Another one that I found intriguing was um, how renunciation is not a requirement to attain moksha within tantrism. Let's see if there's, a, within Hinduism, the aspirant either becomes a renunciant early in life or lives the life of a householder and waits until later life after children are grown and career goals satisfied to begin the spiritual journey toward moksha. And if you're able to go into that just a little bit more too, because I think that's super intriguing. It's really interesting. So we look at lots of different spiritual paths and there's a separation. It's like a separation between being human and being spiritual, right? So you need to do one or the other because you couldn't possibly do the two at the same time, right? And the the, the ideas behind it are, are good. You know, they're saying let go of distractions because God knows, you know, when we are in a relationship or when we have children, there are all kinds of things added in that take our time and our energy. And so these practitioners are really wanting to be very focused, but it's still a separation. Tantra doesn't separate. It's integrated. It's saying that not only is the mundane, the supra mundane, but your experience in your marriage is your gateway to realizing yourself. Mm. Everything that happens, even if someone is having difficulty in the bedroom, who doesn't go through those experiences? Even that is a launching pad for deeper awareness. It's not a bad thing. So it's, it's very inclusive in that way, which I really, really appreciate. Yeah. And I think the last more educational um, bullet point that I wanted to cover was how the guru is an extremely important part of Tantraism. The guru is the teacher who's also the deity and the student as well. This is a wonderful example of the Tantric precept that the universe folds in on itself. The sacred and mundane are one and the microcosm and the macrocosm. And the last bit that kind of feels like it ties into that, you wrote the practitioner is the deity. The deity is the practitioner. Another example of microcosm, macrocosm, and non-duality. There is no separation between the deity and practitioner. And again, I'm relieved to feel like, however little by little we're moving more in that direction, it feels like we're moving more in the direction of, like you said, just kind of relinquishing and dissolving with honor those past hierarchical hierarchical (laughs) systems. And yeah, remembering that even when those of us enter into a ceremonial space, if if we are, quote unquote, the guide or teacher or leader at that time, we are also always the student. 100%. You know, when we think about the deity um, in any kind of practice, a lot of times, because many of us have been raised in a Western sort of mindset, we think of the deity as something above us, something untouchable. And in the tantric way of looking at and experiencing the deity, the deity are aspects of ourselves. So they're gateways to consciousness. They have something to show us. It's like when I spend time with you, I learn more about who I am just by interacting with you right now, Allison. So interacting with some of these deities, Tripur Sundari or Kali or Bhaglamukhi or Kamala, you know, like all these deities by spending time with them, I'm accessing as aspects of myself. Those are all aspects of myself. 
One of the things that I see happening, though, is that sometimes on the web is this identification with the goddesses, like, I'm going to bring my Kali into this and sort of naming it in that way, which actually is creating a separation. When we're in the deep devotional practice, we have so completely merged with these deities that um, it's a very private and very personal um, relationship. So it's not that I'm going to bring my Kali in, it's that I have embodied mm-hmm. my deep devotion for what Kali is, for, for her reality, and that in my devotion, I am standing with her in anything that I do. So it becomes much more humble, which I really love, and much more intimate and less mental. That's another thing. When I'm not bringing my Kali in, Kali then is in my heart. She's in my heart. It's a different perspective. And with the guru and the teacher, absolutely. Like when I'm teaching a group, I am 100% there, you know, like I shared before as a student, because I want to be there in the group because I'm going to learn something. And so it's creating the container, offering the practices, and then we're all in that state together. And we really do enter into this like one body experience so cool. Yeah, it really is. And I, it's a perfect segue into, I think, in this last chapter of our, of our time together, at least for today. Hopefully, I'll have you back. But as you have this couples retreat called The Fire That Pierces the Heart Coming Up, which I'm personally very intrigued at exploring more and potentially attending, uh, it is going to be March 30th through April 2nd in California. And I'll just preface by saying, because I'm, I'm sure if others are new to these types of conversations and they're thinking like, what in the world goes on, you know, at these, at these couples retreats, but you do highlight there's actually no nudity or no sexual contact in the workshop space. All practices are taught and effectively learned fully clothed and without direct sexual contact. And the techniques are transmitted with warmth and respect. So I think just those three bullet points right there are like, oh, that's different than what I thought they might be doing at something like that. So if you could share more. Yeah, I think it's it's very hard to imagine how do we learn about sex in a group, you know? And, and I'm going to tell you, the people that show up at my treats tend to be very empowered, very like bright, beautiful people with lots of sexual energy. So the room is juicy. It's definitely alive and electric. And each couple... It has their own pod, their own area, and I'm teaching the practices. So I'll teach the breath work. I teach like the fire that pierces the heart is the kundalini. You know, from the bioenergetic standpoint, our heart only opens once we've fully embodied our sexuality, that love really blossoms. Okay, wait, let's, can you say that again? (laughs) That our love fully blossoms when we fully embodied our sexuality. That is how it happens. It's not the other way around from just a bioenergetics standpoint. When our kundalini is full and our pelvis is under overflowing, love leaves the ego transactional space and enters into the absolute. So the more sexual energy we have and the more we learn how to cultivate that, the more true our love is, the more boundless our experience of love. Like we discover what love really is. 
Ooh, that was a powerful statement. I really felt that. And I have here um, some of the possible things that one might experience if you go to the Fire That Pierces the Heart Couples Retreat. Um, you'll be guided through practices designed to awaken your natural ecstatic response with one another. You'll learn the anatomy of love, intimacy, and devotion. You'll experience a lot of these neo-tantra practices that Don has been sharing with us. New ways to light up your bodies with pleasure and int- intimacy. New ways to open your heart to an even more expansive experience of love and explore arousal anatomy and learn new ways to open and receive pleasure and attraction. I mean, it sounds like you cover a lot of things in just a few days. I mean, is it um, a schedule where the vast majority of the day that you're in the, whether it's a yurt or whatever the the building is and you're experiencing these rituals together as a group? Yeah, this is um, a beautiful center in Central California. It's right near the edge of the Sequoias. And so we have this beautiful group room. It's a Vedic practitioner, this amazing, amazing place. And each, we start in the mornings. So we start early. Like I love to start, you know, all the sex hormones are peaking in the morning hours. So it's good to to really harness that time. So we start early, like usually around seven. And then we go until lunch and then you get a long break. Because in the class, I'm teaching all these practices and techniques, and you do them dry. You do them inside your own body. You learn how to cultivate it. You'll learn how to cultivate it with your partner. And then you have time to make love and weave this into whatever your experience of lovemaking is. That might be penetrative sex. It might be sensuality, affection, taking a shower together, something where you have a chance to practice then you come back in the evening and we do ceremony like cacao ceremony or we'll do like this lovemaking practice where you're not actually having penetrative sex but you're having this energetic sexual experience and it is so cool allison to have these pods of couples and all this love in the room and have this energy rising up and everyone's adding to you know what's available and channeling through the body. I really have a feeling this is where our evolution is going, is this generosity of our energy and realizing that sex is so pure. It is so beautiful. And we have to undo that part that kind of wants to put it away and only behind closed doors. And how dare you experience something that's so loving, connected to that. I totally agree with you. And it's been fascinating for me to just witness it within my own being and my own life path and journey, the guidance and and such strong, clear shift for me to lean into these types of conversations. And for any of the regular listeners who have heard the two episodes where I've had Rena Trevi on, you know, the first time I had her on, it was like almost a three-hour conversation because I was like, Tell me about Shibari. Tell me about your time working in the sex dungeons in New York City. Tell me about the Yoni Massage. Tell me about the... Because she does so many different practices. And I just... The the messaging that kept coming to me in that conversation was, we have to have more conversations like this. We have to unlock this most potent and pure divine energetics. It's all of our birthright. Um, Yeah, I feel like they're just like all these master keys that got put into a treasure chest and that treasure chest got thrown into the bottom of the ocean. And now we found the treasure chest and we're bringing it back up to the surface and being like, we all have a key in here, you know? 
Absolutely. A hundred percent. I feel like now is the time more than ever. And I think it's just going to keep opening up. I think that we're going to be able to access incredible states collectively. And I think sex and intimacy is one of the ways we're going to do that. Yeah. Well, before we get to the closing ceremony practice, I mean, I I was telling Dawn before I hit record and a a couple of other guests I've had, you know, maybe four pages of notes and I can tell we're not going to get through everything. Dawn has nine pages of notes. So you now hold the record um, for the ceremony circle guest where I had the most questions and, you know, excerpts pulled from your website, which I was so relieved when I went there that you had so many educational pieces there. I was like, oh, wow, she's doing a lot of my interview work for me because there were a lot of the questions that I wanted to ask and you provide um, such good clarity. So is there anything else that's just like bubbling up either something else you want to let people know about the couples retreat? I'll for sure put the link to it in our show notes so that you have easy access to locate it there. The show notes are always on my website and I always do every Wednesday when these new episodes come out an Instagram post so I can remind you of the couple's retreat there, but anything else you want to share? Yeah, thank you. I can feel like there's this amazing, like even between us, there's this like this beautiful like pulse, you know, of your knowledge and knowing and then this sexual piece. And I think the only extra piece I would add is to know for everyone to know whether you're a man or a woman, that you don't have to be in partnership to have these experiences. That's really important to know. For most of the time that I was learning and becoming a practitioner, I was pretty much single. I would have love affairs here and there that were amazing, but I was a solo practitioner for many years. So I cultivated that intelligence in my own body. I cultivated that that experience. In fact, there's this funny, tiny little story. I was with this amazing Italian man once, we're making love and, and I'm practicing. I'm just giving myself. I'm just in devotion and just allowing the flow to happen. And he goes, Hey, wait a minute. What's happening here? He goes, something's weird. Time stopped. And I thought, wow, because I had accessed that in myself, he was feeling it. And so. It was an Italian guy from New Jersey. So my New Jersey accent's not the best, but you, this- you did it quite well. This is just a show like, don't wait. You can access, and there are workshops and programs also for singles. So if you feel this quickening, dive in, you know, Mm -hmm. you'll be glad you did. Yeah, I second that. All right. Well, I'm looking forward to this closing ceremony circle ritual that you're going to immerse all of us in. I'll let you take it from here. Thank you. So I love this ceremony and I love that you're so devoted to ceremony because ceremony itself is a way for us to access these heightened states of consciousness. And this ceremony is one that is done in every tantric temple every morning. Wow. And it's safe to connect us with the divine um, within and the divine all around us. And it has to do with the five senses. So very simple. So I'm going to invite everyone, if you feel comfortable, go ahead and sit back and close your eyes. And as you do that, you might even want to feel that you're entering the temple of your own body. Just feel that you're taking a step deeper inside yourself. 
And we're going to activate or experience the Pancha Upacharas, which are the five moments of access to an expanded sense of love and aliveness. So we're going to do this all in our imagination. It's very powerful. So the first thing I'm going to invite you to do is bring your awareness to the base of your spine. And as you access this part of you, the gateway to ecstasy, this is where Ganapati lives. He guards those gates. I'm going to invite you to activate your sense of smell by imagining that you can smell gandam, which is sandalwood powder. And notice that you can. Many of you can. You can smell. And when you smell the sandalwood, immerse yourself in it. Let yourself become that fragrance. And then from there, you're going to go all the way up now to your throat and your ears. Let yourself feel all of your awareness there. And here, I invite you to do two things. So the first is to hear your own name being chanted as a mantra. Your name, your given name, is the most precious sound to your heart. So hear your name chanting over and over as you feel your body being decorated with flowers. This offering is pushpam. Flowers. And the flowers of your name. So even though you're imagining, let yourself expand to hear your name and feel those flowers tucked behind your ears, placed in your two hands, showered at your feet. And now bring your awareness to your heart, the heart chakra in the center of the chest. And here... The offering is dupam, which is incense, because the beautiful smoke from the incense, those tendrils, touch everything and enfold and embrace everything. So let yourself feel, and maybe you even see tendrils of incense smoke wrapping all around your heart and all around your body. Feel the caress of the smoke. Beautiful. And now you'll bring your awareness to your solar plexus. Your solar plexus, the city of jewels. And here the offering is Deepam, which is light. Let yourself see an oil lamp and feel it ignite your eyes. 
and ignite the solar plexus. So you see light. Imagine that you can see a flame. And just like we described earlier, notice how seeing the flame is also a sensation. It's not just visual. It activates the body. And then the final offering, allow yourself to now land in the belly just below the navel. And this offering is navidium. It's the food offering the sweets. Let yourself taste. If you've ever had Indian sweets, the cardamom and the honey and the ground pistachios, like all the richness of the sweets, let yourself taste that. This sweetness is love. This is the love. This is to remind us that love is the sweetness. Intimacy is the sweetness of life. And then from here, feeling all these centers and all these senses activated and expanded, invite you just to bring your hands. They could be in prayer or just folded on your heart. And again, feel yourself completely embodied in your body temple, the place where all the ecstasy and love is experienced. It's in you. Bow to yourself. You can softly open your eyes, see your own body, and then come back. That was so gorgeous. Your body temple. I'm just typing that because it just those three words is such a gorgeous title for this practice. Ah, thank you. That was so gorgeous to feel the the smell the sandalwood and to truly feel the wafts of the incense streams. And oh my goodness, what a gorgeous guided journey. Thank you so much for um saying yes to exiting the tobacco farms in Tennessee and just going on this wild, wondrous exploration of, of your calling and being willing to share it publicly and privately with your clients and in all the ways and, and for taking the time to and your energy to share it with us on Ceremony Circle. Thank you, Allison. This has been such a pleasure. It's really beautiful to meet you and just to feel how all of this is so alive and awake in you. It really is. Yeah, it's, you know, something that Luke and I, like I touched on and have shared deeply about in other episodes that it was a loud and clear call and we've been all in, but sometimes it takes some time and for our case, some years for prayers of certain kinds to be answered, to be led to certain integrity-filled teachers and whatnot. And um, so for me to witness this lotus flower opening up and this unfolding and expansion on this very unique path we could tell right away uh, even before taking the first full step that it was a whole new world that holds infinite teachings and textures within it and we were like oh 
this this is different and we're a yes and we shall see so we just continue to to see <laughs> i love it and can you let everyone know uh how to find you your website and social media yeah thank you allison so you can find me on my website dawncartwright.com and that's Cartwright with a W or C-A-R-T-W-R-I-G-H-T, yeah. And at Don Cartwright. So very easy to find me there too. And Facebook, it's Don Cartwright One. Okay, great. And a reminder, we'll we'll put all of her links in the show notes as well. So she's easily accessible. And perhaps we'll see you in person soon. Hope so. I would absolutely love that. Hope you guys can make it. Yeah. And to the Ceremony Circle fam, thanks for joining us, and we will sit together again next time. Woo-wee! What a powerful voyage that was. It is always so fun and such an honor to share space with these beautiful beings willing to generously share their time, wisdom, and energy so we can have the opportunity to enrich our own lives. And we will always share each epic guest's links and contact info in the show notes that are on my website, alisoncharles.com, and also in my weekly Ceremony Circle podcast Instagram posts at IamAllisonCharles, so it makes it easy for you to connect more deeply with them. And fam, you know by now all the heart I put into creating this show, and I would love to be able to continue providing this free content for a long, long time to come. And what would be most supportive in me being able to do that is if you have ever felt you've gained anything positive at all from listening to a Ceremony Circle podcast episode, if it's brightened your day, if it's given you clarity or insights you've been waiting for, if you felt a healing shift during one of the closing ceremony practices, anything at all, if you can just stay on whatever platform you're now listening to this show and simply go to the rating and review section and share even one reason why you're grateful for Ceremony Circle Podcast. Sacred reciprocity is a big deal, and I deeply appreciate you giving back to me so I can keep creating and providing. Sending you so much love. This podcast is for information and entertainment purposes only, and my intention is not to provide medical advice or diagnosis. You should always consult a health professional before making drastic changes to your diet or lifestyle.